Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Alex. And this week, joining us in studio, we have Deb Cheney, and we are so excited to have her join us. Luca has the primary connection with her, so I'm going to pass it over to Luca, and you can describe, yeah. yeah. Well, we were... Um, we were reminiscing because we always do the the search through how we how do we get to all the guests who are on the show, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's a cold call. We just think somebody's interesting and we <laughs> just phone them up. But most of the time, people come through other people that we know, and um, and we were just saying that Lee Hodgins, who came on the show, came through you. So so you were referring people to us before you even got here, <laughs> which is <laughs> just pretty awesome, so wonderful, super um, proactive. But I I <laughs> met you when. Uh, now, what? What? Oh, I did a I did a reading circle, and you came to the reading circle, and then I came out to see your studio, and and I and I sat in your studio and thought, oh, this feels nice. <laughs> I like this. And then I bought a painting from you, which is like, it's it's exuding energy in my living room and making me feel good still. Um, but I but one of the things that I that I really tapped into with you is that it's you're not you're you're an artist in like in every which way you can possibly be i.e. you you live it drink it sleep it breathe it um (laughs) and and I think that that's true about creative process right that people who are creative are creative and you could take their primary means of creativity away I could take all your paints away you would still be an artist because you can't shut it down. It's who you are. It's going to ooze out some other way. It's going to ooze <laughs> out. And so it oozes out all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, and it, we, we were talking about the intention mm-hmm. for the show because we send out a form ahead of time and, mm-hmm. and get collect information about you and what you like to call yourself. And, and you said that you, you call yourself an illuminator of artists. Mm-hmm. So, but you are also an artist. So you're a contemporary abstract artist. But you're also a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we were talking earlier about the teaching aspect of it, but but we were, I'm 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 so curious because I grew up with an artist mm-hmm. in the family and m- more than one, but definitely one identified artist. Um, there's this it's a it's a, a a role in our culture that we're ambivalent about. We mm-hmm. we support artists when they're when they're rich and famous, mm-hmm. and when they're when they're on their way there, mm-hmm. or when they're just starting out. We don't do such a great job of it, and I I would love to see us do a better job of it. But but your stated intention is to do that. Can you share with us what mm-hmm. your intention is? It's a lovely way to start the show yeah. today. Yeah, thanks, Lucas. So my intention for us gathering and sharing this radio show is really to support other artists and to really share anything that I've learned on my journey or that I've experienced that's going to inspire them to keep going. Um, I agree it is tough if you're not in the realm of artist superstar. Um, You really need a lot of support and tools and um, you need knowledge. You need lots of different things. 
And um, what I'd like to do is is create um, like a little kind of bubble here in this really cool radio station where our intention is for the show to really um, be packed full of juicy morsels so that artists can listen and they can really come away with things and know that it's possible um, if you're not a super famous artist or you don't have um, a trust fund that you can actually make a living and you can actually pursue your dream and that it is possible. And, um, you know, whenever we're looking to do something in life, we want to find someone that's kind of been there before so mm. we can say, oh, what did they do? Who did they know? Um, and we can follow those cookie crumbs and, and <laughs> learn from that. And so I've got uh, to such certain place and my heart is open and I want to share whatever I can to support other artists that really uh, dream of taking wh wherever they're at to that next level. And you don't just mm -hmm. say it, you do it. <laughs> Before we came on air, I was mm -hmm. speaking about my son and his love of coding. Mm -hmm. And Deb's already been trying to equip me with people <laughs> who would give him those morsels. So you are definitely mm -hmm. acting this out in every way possible. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's sprinkling, I'm like flinging my hands wide, like I'm throwing seed into the field. You're doing this for all of humanity that you're encountering rather than just artists. Mm -hmm. And artists need it especially. I would imagine it, mm -hmm. it feels to me, I haven't lived you know, I, I want to mm -hmm. say the artist life. What does that mm -hmm. mean? I mean, that maybe is a stereotype mm -hmm. and whatever. You live a creative life. I live a creative, mm -hmm. but the point is I, I have a feeling that it might be quite isolating. Mm -hmm. uh, it's depending on personality, mm -hmm. depending mm -hmm. on, on people around you. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of stereotypes. There are a lot mm -hmm. of, I would imagine, almost like inherited core beliefs that kind of come from the idea. But here I am spouting, you know, thoughts. What have mm -hmm. you witnessed? What has been your mm -hmm. experience with that? I think... There, there are two parts to it. There is um, definitely an internal part because whatever art you're making, it needs to come within yourself authentically. And it doesn't have to be alone. Alone can also be all one. And you <laughs> can be connecting with whatever that belief you have of your higher power and source and be in an incredible place of ecstatic bliss, mm -hmm. which is the biggest reward of all. Um, and that is between you and, and God and your creator. Um, however, to to find the other position of that, there is also this place of we're here to do this journey with others. And we are here to connect and we're here to be seen and we're here to feel like we matter and we're here to integrate with other people. And um, how do we walk that balance of going deep within ourselves to create and also bringing our creations to the world and connecting with others? And um, it is a balancing act to, um, to master on this journey. We can... We, some of us can tend to be highly introverted and be really good at the one thing. And then some of us can be highly extroverted and, and extremely good at the other thing. And then sometimes not actually go inward and get the work done um, and tend to have resistance or procrastination. And um, I think one of the things that we need to be conscious of uh, as artists that want to succeed is to learn to find the balance and master that and intend to develop both on internal characteristics and external because both are required we can make the most beautiful art but if it's not connecting and sh we're not sharing that with others um where is the meaning you know where you know this is so this is it so um this is one of the the journeys the the rites of passages of an artist and each of us are going to find our way and it may be challenging or it may not, but it is it is something of a requirement in essence to do this. 
And I'm thinking also we've talked about mm-hmm. business, that aspect of mm-hmm. now now not only are you co- um, connecting with the community, but then mm-hmm. you've got to you got to sell it because mm-hmm. if you if you can't do that then you can't support yourself mm-hmm. and art supplies are expensive mm-hmm. or can be yeah um, they don't they don't have to be depending on what it is that you're doing but you, you got to be able to devote the time to it you've got to have mm-hmm. a studio to do it in and uh, even if it's your garage it like it's mm-hmm. a space yeah. it has to be heated and you know all of, you have all of those things as well and there's the there's that support role. I'm thinking about curators out yeah. there and the people who can either help artists or feed off them. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that it's necessarily mm-hmm. that polarized in all cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's you know sometimes mm-hmm. it's a sixty forty mix, but mm-hmm. but um, I've certainly had experience of mm-hmm. art galleries mm-hmm. who who take 60% of, of what an artist sells a piece of work for, and that always felt like it was lopsided yeah, to me. Yeah, doesn't feel right. Yeah. I haven't heard that before. Um, not all galleries do. There's kind of a, you know, some, it could be anywhere between 40 and 60%. Mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't heard of galleries that take more than 60%, mm-hmm. but that's a, I mean, that's a curator role. There mm-hmm. is, I do think there is a role mm-hmm. for that intermediary person who connects people mm-hmm. um, who want to buy the art with people who are creating the art. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's, that's part of this mix also, mm-hmm. is how do those artists deal with the yeah. intermediary person? Um, and how mm-hmm. do they how do they learn? Because it's a learned skill. How yeah. do you manage that interaction and contracts yeah. and commissions and the, all, I mean, all this of is, this is business, a business aspect getting, of it, yeah. and it, it's not necessarily the same set of skills that yeah. you have when you're getting your inspiration in the middle of the night or yeah. you know on the other side of the planet or wherever it is that your inspiration <laughs> comes from. Sometimes it's in the grocery store, but you yeah. know it, um, and it can be fickle. Yeah, so so yeah, we've touched on, you know, this kind of first point in in this and that is um, you know, you're mastering this part of yourself going within and then going without. And now it's like you're taking it up a notch. And now there's this level of okay, I really want to do this seriously as a business and I want to sell it. And you know, I'm 15 years in now exhibiting, selling, um, doing commissions, all of it. Wor- worked with galleries, still working with galleries. And so the first thing that comes to mind with this conversation is a mind shift and a mentality shift that's required for artists to go to that level. And and this is what I've observed. And obviously, with everything I'm sharing, I had to go through it myself. Yeah. I had to go through this. And, and here's the shift. Here's the takeaway is that you actually have to become an adult. And I don't mean this in a, a condescending way, but what I observe with a lot of artists is this almost um, – a childishness of look at this thing I made, like take care of it into the world or sell it for me or look after it for me. And what what's happening is then they'll be taken advantage of or vampirized or um, and all these things that you're hearing which happen because they're not owning that this is their creation and it's their creation to sell or to license or however they choose to bring it in the world. So it's a valuing process, right? They have to mm-hmm. value their worth, their creation, their process, themselves, their and, timing, and whatever. It's a valuing, but it's also a mentality of going beyond um, a child of, hey, mom, look what I made. It's mm-hmm. stepping up into, 
I've made this thing, and yes, it's incredibly valuable because nobody else in the world can make something like this. This is my unique creation, um, and I'm a professional. And then um, being in a place we, where you are having conversations with others and treating yourself with a level of respect where you're going to be honored um, for this thing monetarily and all those things and um, really going beyond like once you've you know read the artist way and gone into you can do your creativity mm-hmm. you're just starting to go into the business books and yeah. you're starting to go into how do you negotiate how do you present yourself how do you market and it's a whole other skill set in that realm into that next level so and part of yeah. that the artist has to do themselves part of it they can outsource mm-hmm. but if they outsource it to anybody they have to outsource it to someone wh- whom they trust mm-hmm. where they've done their research mm-hmm. where they're making an a, a, an informed decision mm-hmm. about who is worthy to do that for them well, you know, right. you guys, like, I'm a really big fan of the E-Myth. I think it's by Michael Gerber. I may have the author wrong. And, you know, what he talks about is why small businesses fail. And ultimately, once you decide to go in business as an artist, you're an entrepreneur. Yes. And he said the biggest reason that um, small businesses fails is because they don't have systems. Things aren't created in a way that's repeatable. This is why McDonald's is so incredibly successful. If you go in there and you make fries in every McDonald's around the world, I'm guessing it's the same system. Mm-hmm. I love that book. And um, and so what I learned from one of my business mentors early on was start creating systems with everything you do so that when you're ready to offload it, you can say to the person, this is how I do social media. And hopefully they'll be like, oh, well, you can improve it this way or tweak it this way and it'll ameliorate itself as you or collaborate. Or even this is what my, my message is. This is the message I want to have go out, and this is what I don't want to have go out. Right, right? like that cl- that clarity. And that's, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's a whole other level, but that's like kind of a whole other conversation of why are you doing what you're doing? How are you serving? Who are you serving? What's your intention? Like there's so much work behind uh, just making an art piece and saying, here you go, world. Um, because really people aren't buying that thing. They're buying the meaning behind it. They're buying the energy behind it. They're buying the intention around it, the emotion around it. And they're buying what you bring to it. So you really need to know about you. So that's a whole so that's other piece. that's self-awareness piece we were talking about Yeah, before, that's like right? number three. It's that piece of artists know thyself. Mm. That is your power because there's no one else in the world out there like you and that is your biggest selling point no one can make the art you make it doesn't matter how you make it or and you know we've got those little voices in our head like oh no 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 we judge ourselves but we're this unique thing you know um and it and everything mm-hmm. we create comes out of us so for those mm-hmm. of you who are just tuning in um the artist we're exploring here is deb mm-hmm. cheney who is an illuminator of artists including herself um a contemporary abstract artist and teacher and and self-promoter and and uh, you know there's a whole bunch of hats that that you wear, and we're just exploring mm-hmm. some of them here. <laughs> One of the things I noticed when I was in your studio is that mm-hmm. there is a, for people who aren't doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. or who may be doing something creative but in a completely different medium, there's a, there's a mystique around what artists do and how artists do it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we've kind of got this archetype of the artist, and, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, we have a... It, 
almost a cartoonized version of what an artist is like and and the angst and the you know and the doing the mad artist thing mm-hmm. and but the, but that's that's just that's a it's an archetype that's mm-hmm. that's not necessarily what each individual artist is like but there yeah. is this mystique to how do we how do we describe what you're doing and mm-hmm. i think people love to be in mm-hmm. creative spaces mm-hmm. i was saying to a f- um a, a guy who writes film scripts this mm-hmm. afternoon that mm-hmm. I love hanging out around people while they're creating. <laughs> and I don't know that, I mean, a lot of artists create solo. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're painting, they don't, there's no audience to them while they're creating a mm-hmm. painting. And a lot of the painting doesn't happen in, with the paintbrush in your hand. Mm-hmm. I know that for the creative process, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of creating that's like mm-hmm. it's the 80-20 rule, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're absorbing your you're feeling things you're and then and then comes the point where you're ready to start making it mm-hmm. i think when you're hanging around people that are in the creating mode it's mm-hmm. almost like the whispers of their muses you can hear them on some level yeah. they're not speaking to you but yeah. you're picking up on it you get that energy it's that's inspiring why it feels good to be yeah. around people mm-hmm. who are creating things mm-hmm. and and i think when when i go into cultures where um where the the economic and political um, situation is not as stable as it is in some other countries. Art is held to be um, a much more important part of the of the 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 expression of the society, uh, and and it gets shut down because it's seen to be so dangerous. I think we tend not to see our art in in Canada, at least, as being so dangerous because. And and in, and because of that, maybe we we minimize it a little bit, mm-hmm. but you can't minimize it when you're around it. Mm-hmm. Like when you mm-hmm. when you sit in a studio, when you hang out with somebody, mm-hmm. you know who's mm-hmm. who's doing portraits on the street, mm-hmm. or or somebody who's creating a mural somewhere, mm-hmm. or 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 someone who's playing an instrument. And you were playing the guitar here just before we came on air because you said it makes you feel. Um, m- more confident and and distracts you from <laughs> anything that's coming up that's different a different experience right but that's you, you you've alluded to the fact that you've done a lot of learning mm-hmm. as you've as you've moved through this journey as an artist yeah um what what did you have to learn in in order to get started in order to get out of that beginner role what what were, what mm-hmm. was one of the most important experiences, um, formative experiences mm-hmm. for you in terms of being able to have that confidence to move forward and call yourself a quote unquote artist? Oh, wow. Um, well, that's a difficult question because I I didn't go to art school, mm-hmm. and I kind of hit the ground running. Um, you know, my journey as an artist. I'm putting my hands in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it started, I was living in California. I was, um, you know, I was actually training martial arts. Um, have a background in Kyokushin Karate, and that was my passion. I was, my intention in California was to go there and get my black belt. And I was very determined. <laughs> life happens along um, the way, right? Life happens <laughs> along the way. That had never happened. Um, but one of the guys from my karate club was boring um, a van that I shared with my partner at the time, and there was a small little painting. I'd been given this little acrylic painting set, and so in my free time I was painting these little postcard-sized paintings. Again, I have a science degree. It's in geology and oceanography. <laughs> I don't have art, no art school. And so this friend of mine, Steve, he just he saw the postcard, and he said, Hey, Deb, like, did you paint that? And I was... 
yes, I painted it, you know, and he said, I, I would love this little postcard um, in my kitchen. Could you do it four foot by four foot? And I was like, uh, okay, I'll try. That was my first commission. So there was no beginner. It was like hit the rubber, met the road. <laughs> and that commission led to another commission, led to another commission, led to doing art fairs in California. And that was the beginning. And that was almost 20 years ago. So um, that's how it evolved for me. There wasn't this kind of little, like, mm. let's take you by the hand and start. It was more like, Rubber you're doing hit. this. Boom. It was like yeah. boom. Here you go. You're doing this. <laughs> it, it makes. I just went to see a star is born the other, yeah, the other week. Okay. It's like <laughs> bam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right on what to, do you yeah. think happened mm-hmm. in your life, mm-hmm. uh, or was was in you, nascent mm-hmm. in you, that mm-hmm. made you pick up acrylic paints and mm-hmm. and do this this little one in the first place? Oh, I love that word nascent. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I love intriguing words. <laughs> You know, when I look back, I was obviously an incredibly creative child. I had imaginary friends. And I had an experience in sixth grade that I think was one of those pivotal moments that changed my life. And I only really realized it later. And what happened was um, two of my classmates were accidentally killed. It was in the summer. Uh, They were picking blackberries. Their names were Sophie and Jessica. And there was a construction accident above them, and um, the logs in a big truck weren't chained properly, and they literally rolled down and crushed my friends. And I was the first one in my class to find out about it. I'll never forget that moment. My dad is an eye surgeon, and he came home that night and said, I've just done cataract surgery, and I've your two friends have helped other people see. And I, I'll never forget that day. Wow. And and it was that moment, and then going through that school year with the loss of those friends, and that little girl, Sophie, was incredibly gifted at fine arts and very um, charismatic and open-hearted and theatrical. And I remember the, the assembly at the end of the year, and the parents came in, and they gave a talk about honoring um, their daughter, Sophie, and I was listening, and, and I, I, I remember going to her birthday party. She was my friend. And they said, and, and um, as a, a commemorative, we would like to honor Sophie, uh, her name is Sophie Clapham. And this is really emotional for me to share. Mm-hmm. And we'd like to honor one, one person in the school um, in honor of her that, that exhibits these attributes of excellence in fine arts. And that was me. And I'll never forget that moment. Wow. Because it was the first time someone saw me and honored me and recognized you and it wasn't about anything that I'd done intentionally it was just me being seen for me (laughs) and I think that planted the first seed and I didn't even know it then to be honest with you yeah yeah but you never forgot it so no I think those really pivotal moments those those significant moments that set us on a path yeah are unforgettable yeah it's really emotional and I want to at some point, give back to others in that way. Yeah. Um, I'd like to reestablish that award, actually. Um, yeah. So I feel like that seeded something, and it came back years later. Mm. There's an am- amazing parallel, too, in that story of the girl's eyes, yeah, being given to provide eyesight to someone else, wow, and those gifts being paid forward. Yeah, I never right. I, that was that was right there as you said it. Yeah, no, it was just just jumped to right. See art it's beautiful. Art. I never yeah. thought of that. Yeah, thank you for that insight. Yeah, what a beautiful story. Yeah. I feel like it's a good moment to pop into one of your songs. Okay. Which one feels really good for you right now? I 
can't remember. Okay, so we've got. <laughs> I'll remind you. you. What you chose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got Talking Heads, Burning Down the House, Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling, and One Republic's Good Life. Let's burn the house down. All right. <laughs> Would you like to tell us before or after why you chose this song? Um, I would say for all the artists listening, because our intention was to support that the sometimes you're going to have to burn things down and let go of a lot of old things to move to where you want to go. And that is part of the process. All right. So <laughs> burning down the house. We'll be back with Deb Cheney in just a few minutes.
Welcome back to Essential Conversations. We'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that we are broadcasting from unceded Coast Salish territories, the land of the Musqueam, the Tsleil-Waututh, and my mind is blanking on the last one and I don't have my list in front of me. Please forgive me. But all I can say for sure is this is not our land. We are settlers on it and we are grateful to be here and it is our responsibility to listen to those who are stewards of the land. We are here today with Deb Cheney, who is illuminator of artists, and she is an artist herself of contemporary abstract art, and she is a teacher. We just listened to uh, Talking Heads singing Burning Down the House, and there was a little bit of dancing that happened. Just a little bit. Yeah. How can you not get weird when it's David Byrne? He's just yeah. <laughs> he's all over the place. We were watching the YouTube video, and, and we've tweeted out the link to it. So we tweet all the way through the show. Um, and our Twitter handle is uh, EssentialConv, which is Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. So if you'd like to follow along with us, you can find us on Twitter. You had a question for her about teaching, I think. Yes. Well, we were, I, I was, um, I've, I've been sort of in teaching mode lately and mm-hmm. assessing teaching and, and looking at what is good teaching and what can you what can you teach well in different mediums and that kind of thing? And I know that you have been teaching artists or people who would like to learn more um, skills around painting um, for, for a number of years. Um, I'd, I'm curious to know how you got into it and, and what, it, what, it, what your belief is behind it and how you, um, what, it, what it feeds in you and this coming back to this idea of encouraging artists, because that's our intention for today. Yeah. How does that fit? Um, well, I would start with my beliefs around it. So the first thing is that I truly believe we're all artists. We're all creative beings. We're all here to create, whether it's our lives, our choices, how we talk, how we think. Everything's a cr- an act of creation. So you cannot walk into a workshop or a class that I'm holding and and tell me that you're not an artist because you are. If you're a human being on this planet, you're an artist. That's Mm -hmm. the first thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, um, I would say the biggest thing about teaching is that whenever you give and you share, you get gifts beyond your wildest imagination. Because for one, you start to get really clear on what you know and why and how people ask you questions and you really have to have a deep understanding about what you're teaching and then what happens after time is you kind of go through this process of really figuring it out in a way for people to get it is it starts coming back to you and so i have students that i've i um i had a private studio session with a student last week in my studio and she's been coming and taking workshops from me for at least six years, I think, maybe longer. I can't, we've both lost track. And and what's going on is your students just give you as much as you give them, and there's this reciprocity um, experience, and um, and that's really wonderful. So it just starts coming back to you, and then you get re-inspired by what they're doing, or they're reminded you of something you taught them like years ago, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. And they built on it sometimes, that. and that's some, a place you wouldn't have taken it necessarily. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and um, but it's not for everyone. I don't think all artists or people of a certain level of mastery are cut out to be teachers because it does take patience and it does take a whole other skill set. And we were talking about that before, and. I'm still learning that. I I took a workshop um, probably about six months ago with um, a woman who specializes in adult education, and it 
blew my mind how much I didn't know and I'm still learning. Um, you know, there's some, there's always learning to do to understand how adults learn and to really be effective because you can know your craft and know all the techniques, but there's holding the space for people. And what I've seen and experienced in teaching art is it brings up a lot of emotion for people because they're really starting to connect with their deeper selves and go to places where they may not have gone in the past. And so, you know, not only... It makes them vulnerable. It makes them vulnerable. And then it puts you into this almost like therapeutic role, which I'm not a therapist. Um, So, yeah, there's sort of like it's a whole other uh, thing in itself, teaching, I feel. Hmm. Yeah, and one of the things that I find when I'm teaching, and Rebecca and I are both sitting here nodding at you because we've <laughs> yeah. both taught, that m- one of the ways I learn best is by teaching. Mm-hmm. And and in teaching, I learn more. It c- it's, it's, um, yeah. it's like that, that yeah. thing with the lizard that's, that's eating its tail, yeah. right? It, yeah. It's a never-ending um, cycle uh, mm-hmm. that is, for, for people who enjoy teaching, is really really rewarding w- who were the teachers for you who mm-hmm. who were really inspirational mm-hmm. and and helped you in the way that you are now also helping others you know and when you're asking that do you mean art teacher specifically or just any well, teacher it, it could be any teacher because i don't think wow. that necessarily yeah. it comes from an art teacher although it may be an art teacher yeah well, I had this one. I went to um, Camosun College, so I went to, uh, on the island, mm-hmm. and I had an incredible math That's teacher. Vancouver Island for anybody who's not in the Vancouver area. Yeah, yeah. and um, Peggy Tilly, and she was the most phenomenal math teacher. I found like in high school, I'd missed a lot of skills, and she had such a way of connecting and explaining. And I still, to this day, remember learning the formula for um, like exponentials and it was all she used an example of a tuna sandwich and how the bacteria would grow over time (laughs) as you left it out and it would grow exponentially and so she had such a way of communicating that I really like math my my daughter's in grade 10 and sometimes she asks me for help and I'm like oh okay let's you know solving equations it's like art I know people you get it but not everyone realizes it that your brain it's like putting all these pieces together and solving an equation when you're putting together an art piece um, so Peggy was phenomenal. If she's listening, Peggy, you rocked. Um, she <laughs> she was great. still rocks. And, <laughs> yeah. and then um, I've had all lots of different teachers and mentors, like in terms of business and in terms of learning. I had um, a mentor. Her name is Lana Grow. And I sought her out. I saw her art online, and I was like, oh, I really want to study with her. And she was um, in I, – I flew out to North Carolina to study with her, actually – and she was just so positive and encouraging and kind. And she taught me um, a lot of layering techniques and more modern use of acrylic painting mm. that's come from the technology of where acrylics have gone that wasn't, say, 50 technology years ago. and chemistry and, and all yeah, kinds of stuff. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. paints have evolved so much. Mm. And so she really showed me that. Um, I got to study with Anne Baldwin, Bob Burrich. He's very inspirational. Um, so a lot of people buy books. Like I, I love Julia Cameron's work. Um, Jill Badonsky, I studied with her about the creative process and actually how to stay creatively inspired despite challenges. And that was really supportive in doing this as a living for so long. So there's so many people that have helped me. On my way. So what I'm yeah. hearing you say basically yeah. is that you are a self-motivated learner. 
but oh. you you go out and find things. You find people, or you find a book, or you find a technique, or you and then you and then you mine it. Um, and and so for some people, they would they would go and and do a fine arts degree, or or you know go to go to art school, and and, and it's just a different way, right? Mm-hmm. But this is this is your way. It's a it's a very organic way right. of of learning um, different art forms. What made you settle on? Acrylics, because mm-hmm. I know that you. I mean, it, you, mm-hmm. you're not only using acrylics, but mm-hmm. you use acrylics a fair amount and mm-hmm. in combination with other things. Yeah. What is it about acrylics? Well, it's a great question because I've been using acrylics um, for coming on 20 years, and I'm still as intrigued and impassioned and excited. And here's the thing about acrylic paints now is they can they can basically go into three modalities. So you can emulate watercolor with acrylics. Mm-hmm. You can emulate oil by slowing the drying time. And then you can also emulate encaustics, which is wax-like painting. And you can do all of that with acrylic and acrylic polymers. So your breath is amazing. And not only that, but if you lay a ground using acrylics, once you've set that ground, then if you want, you can put oil on top, oil sticks or oil paint. You can collage. You can put spray paint. You can get pastels. It's so unlimited as to what you can incorporate that acrylics will take. So it's just endless fun and creativity. So, you know, I just, I haven't got bored of it. You can do it on paper or you can do it on canvas. Yeah. Or you can do it on panel or um, anything. Amper board or you can paint on plexiglass or you can paint on aluminum (laughs) or regular glass. Um, There are mediums now to support that so the, the paint will stick. They've done so much with chemistry. So, you know, it, it's the world's your oyster. So I would say um, the versatility of it has kept it interesting for so long. Yeah. So I remember talking to you a little while ago about mm-hmm. about teaching, and mm-hmm. you were you were trying to make decisions about mm-hmm. what level you wanted to teach at, mm-hmm. and. Um, how how you wanted to shift or change how mm-hmm. you were teaching? Mm-hmm. What was going on in your personal creative and mm-hmm. business and process around m- making those choices? Because I think mm-hmm. that when we when we spend a career doing something, we shift. We have phases. We and if you study anybody's life doing anything, um, in in sort of retrospective, you can mm-hmm. see how. Every business people, all kinds of people, yeah. go through phases of of doing things. So, yeah. like, w- was that a, a a shift for you that has been significant in your creative process and in your teaching process? I think it is. I think I have been in a shift for a while, and the shift for me is that, from a business perspective, teaching courses is a nice bread and butter income as an artist. So it makes sense. Gives you some stability. Yeah. Yeah. However, you know, there's always this head versus heart challenge that we're all faced with, especially in these times where, you know, we're in the age of Aquarius. We're in this place where um, I believe it's really imperative that we all live authentic lives that are really integrous with our soul. I really love the book by Martha Beck called Following Your Your North Star, Finding Your Own North Star. Um, And she has this analogy where she talks about shackles on or shackles off. And she says, like like handcuffs, does that make you feel tied down or does that make you feel free? Mm -hmm. And and I think more and more um, when when you teach a workshop, from my perspective, it's not just teaching. It's 
the organizing of registration. It's um, managing the personalities and the emotions. It's having um, handouts and curriculum. And there's there's so many layers. It's a huge orchestration for me to pull it off with every workshop. Um, and so there was a feeling, using Martha's terminology, of a little bit of shackles on because I'm not just getting to paint to be free and share. There's so much more to it than that. Like there's have you paid your deposit. Which is very procedural, right? Very procedural, very into mm. that other side of that brain, which mm. is okay, happy mm. to go there. Mm. Um, and, and yet I've thought about, I often think about for myself, what is my legacy and what am I leaving for others? Because I am a natural teacher and I do believe I'm here to share. And I think that there are gifts in the way I create that I can share with others. And mm. so... I'm in a transition point. I have been teaching for 10 years. I did teach this summer. And what I'd like to move into is to take all my courses, the beginner, the advanced, and creating encaustics with acrylics and have them as online video courses where anyone around the world can access those and where I know I've left this legacy of what I did on my time in the planet with this because this is really my area of expertise. And so now for me as a business person, I'm in this balance of the time, energy, and money it's going to take for me to create all those videos and still in the place of I'm a single mom, I support my daughter doing this as a living, of how am I going to keep doing that because there's not immediate income. And, you know, really honing in the, the trust and and other tools because it's um, a longer-term game with making that investment in creating those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's not that shorter-term game. And, mm-hmm. and so really that's where you've caught me right and in And while place. you're doing that, you're not painting. Well, um, right? doing it, demos for the, yeah. the videos, but mm-hmm. it's not as, um, you know, you have to stop and explain mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm always that balance right it is mm-hmm. yes yes yeah. and, I, and I hear an intention mm-hmm. from you there mm-hmm. and you're just you're that mm-hmm. um, push pull that I'm hearing from you mm-hmm. I, that's where you're at it's unique to where you are at in your artistry and your give back mm-hmm. but it's also not unique in the sense that I think many of us especially as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. we are we encounter that point at some point where it's like there's something we want to we want to invest our time and our talents mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. But we are human beings which need bills paid, food on the table, children taken care of. How do we find that balance? So Mm -hmm. what kinds of questions are you asking Mm -hmm. yourself or what kinds Mm -hmm. of guideposts are you following Mm -hmm. as you're navigating this? Maybe you don't Mm -hmm. have all the answers yet, but what are you looking to to help you make those decisions? Um, Well, well, I love, that's great. (laughs) So I ask my, I talk to my higher self a lot. I'm, I'm an avid meditator. And so I will talk to her. I also journal a lot. It was one of my show and tell items. Um, it's, uh, you know, for me, I work out a lot of things with journaling. And I, I do this thing. This is a book I read recently by Napoleon Hill, and it's called Outwitting the Devil. I really recommend that book. <laughs> and What was it again? Outwitting the Devil. Okay. I'm tweeting out these links to people. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and in that book, what I feel Napoleon Hill did, I under understand the the premises that he's talking to the devil but what i believe is he he did the same thing that neil donald walsh is he's having a command demand conversation where he's connecting with source and getting the answers he needs Mm -hmm. and so this is a tool i use for myself is what i'll do is i will actually write myself a whole series of questions and then i will go into a meditative what i call command demand position and i will absolutely demand the answers of myself (laughs) and this is a technique i use when i'm in a place where i need to find clarity um, I also 
like Luca pointed out, so I'm learning about myself from Luca, of course. Um, we all learn from I, one another, right? I'm a self-motivated yeah. learner, so I... I drool at the business section and chapters. <laughs> I'm like, that's our local bookstore. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, Tim Ferriss has another book. Mm-hmm. Um, big Tim Ferriss fan. Um, so I resource the blank. I can't use naughty <laughs> words here. Mm-hmm. I'll start like finding books because I'm not the first one with this challenge. So how did other people do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a mentor. You know, it's so. I guess that's what I'm doing. I'm going within. Mm-hmm. I'm also going without. Um, and I would say the biggest thing that I'm doing now, here's the cutting edge of what I'm doing now that I've never done before, is I have a level of self-efficacy and trust that I will find a way. So the intention is um, I want to deliver the gifts of 15 years of mixed media abstract painting to which that is my area of mastery. I've figured it out. I've done my 10,000 hours. <laughs> How can I give that to the world as hi I'm here in human form here's what I did here's where it is I have this trust and this this self-determination that I will find a way and that may sound kind of silly or flighty but there's some magic and there's a power in that and do I know how right now no I have Mm -hmm. no clue like I've got a you know, a 15-year-old, I'm going through high school, like, oh, like, you're right, I'm here on the planet. There's her, you know, the cell phone bill and all the rest of it. But this is kind of something that um, has become stronger with me as I develop my connection with I call source, Mm -hmm. is this sense of, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to surf. Um, Please show me the way. Please, please help me. Let's make the way. Let's make the way. We're going to do this. Together, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's so important. This is the one thing I have to offer that is very unique. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't have all the uh, answers, but I'm telling you. This. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. we and we don't. This is. I think there's an illusion there. There's this idea. Yeah. I think many of us have. Yeah. Because we look at other people on the outside, we think they've got it together. They've got the answers somehow. Yeah. When really we're stepping out in this space of faith, where it's mm-hmm. the intention and the determination and the tenacity mm-hmm. that this will happen, mm-hmm. and we make the steps mm-hmm. without knowing necessarily. Luca once gave me a postcard. I still <laughs> have it up on the wall. It's of this a person who's on a tightrope and they're out past the edge of the cliff, but they're holding the other end of the tightrope themselves. Mm-hmm. One end is on the cliff and the other end they're holding it, but they're still standing on the tightrope out over space. And <laughs> she sent it to me saying, you do this. <laughs> <laughs> and we do. It's not just me. I mean, we. this is what this is. Yeah. It's the, I'm going to get over there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, but I'm going to make this step. Yeah. <laughs> and these are the outliers and these are the trailblazers. And this to me is the definition of a real artist. You don't need to paint to be an artist <laughs> in my book. You don't need to make pottery. You don't need to play music. But what you're doing is you're creating in the unknown. And that is my personal definition of being an artist. You're going into this realm where it's never been done. And you're like, okay. You know, and then that's where the magic comes in. And this thing that happens, like, for example, we're having this radio show and someone might hear it and they go, wow, I really like the sound of this project. I really want to help this person. Mm -hmm. And then it goes from there and what you need comes to you. And you just don't know how or when or who. It's inspiration, right? It's the magic and all of these things that I shared support creating that vortex to use Abraham terminology if you guys are Abraham (laughs) followers so you create your own vortex where you're like here's what's in my escrow okay source right and then and then you stay in a really good believing positive space 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like that. Now I'm thinking of the Justin Timberlake song. I'm like, mm-hmm. we're ready to do <laughs> another song here. Which one is right? it going to be? Because yeah. that's, that's a, another ingredient in that cauldron is yeah. to keep yourself in the place where you're believing and you're feeling good and you're like, ain't nothing going to stop me. All right. So let's pop over to do this. We've got Justin Timberlake singing Can't Stop the Feeling. And we're going to be back in the studio with Deb in just a few minutes. This feeling inside my bones It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on All through my city, all through my home We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone I got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet I feel that hot blood in my body When it drops, ooh I can't take my eyes off of it Moving so phenomenally more like the way we rock it So don't stop And under the lights When everything goes Nowhere to hide When I'm getting you close When we move While well, you already know So just imagine Nothing I can see but you When you dance, dance, dance Feel a good, good creeping up on you So just Okay. 
You're listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca, and we were just listening to Justin Timberlake singing Can't Stop the Feeling. And again, there was dancing, all the dancing. There is dancing today. We are here live today with Deb Cheney, who is an illuminator of artists, and she is illuminating things for us. She is a contemporary abstract artist and a teacher. And rather inspiring at that, I have to say. Yes, I'm feeling very inspired today. <laughs> um, we were just thinking about um, w- what we may be inspired to do next, and I'm um, thinking about what have you got coming up next, mm. Deb, that's inspiring for you. What's yeah. what's in the works There's right now? There's a lot going on with my business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I have to preface it by saying what's most exciting about these current business developments are – they found me and they came to me and they said, hey, would you like to work together? And I think... Synchronicities. Synchronicities. Earned synchronicities. And I think a lot of artists listening will understand because when, when you're starting out, you apply for a lot of things and you approach and it's just, you know, you really hit the pavement and that's normal. But when, when opportunities come to you, you're like, wow, thank you. I'm honored. This is so magical. So that's the feeling. Um, so there's so much in the works right now. Right now, I, I work with... Um, four different companies that are licensing my work. So the first company I work with is creating um, G-Clay Reproductions, which is just a fancy name for printing your art on canvas. And they are selling my my reproductions to restaurants and hotels all over North America. So I can now officially call the Hilton Hotel a collector, which is so cool, <laughs> um, and, and other developments and so on. And so that's been going on. And you know, I I just love this company, and what I love about it is there's one woman in particular that I deal with. Her name is Melissa, and she's just awesome. She's just like, I'll go there. I'll bring my new work. She's always so excited. I feel so well-received. You know, I feel like I walk in with a new art, and I'm this rock star, and it's this wonderful feeling that I wish for all artists to be seen, to be appreciated, to be received. And, and it's kind of like and you're— And encouraged. And encouraged, and you're kind of in the studio doing it alone, and then you have someone— to receive it like I'm feeling that in my heart um so I've been working with them for I think almost a year now wow time flies Mm. and that's incredible and um you know I'm I really appreciate the residual income coming in as uh developing my business that's fantastic and then just very recently so this is like hot off the press I was approached by another company in Vancouver, and they do something similar but different. And And what they do is they have um, three-dimensional printing technology. And so they just said, we would like to work with you and um, laser scan your work and reproduce it in three dimensions. Oh, that's so cool. Right? <laughs> so and the textures get to make it through yeah, all the of layers. that. It's not flat anymore. Yeah, wow. like when you come for a studio visit, you'll see mm-hmm. how... I like that you said when. Texture... <laughs> Um, and layered my work is and and so they can actually recreate that it's not just an image anymore it's a visceral physical that's so cool um and so what happened was sort of an yeah oh sorry i've just got about one minute (laughs) okay um yeah so i i basically um met with this company and they have chosen a select group of my work and it was it was like being in a dan brown novel so i actually had a (laughs) tour of the facility they had uh, reproductions of Vermeer's Kandinsky's um, all these other famous artists that they're working with the big museums in London and now I'm part of that and it's such an honor it's uh, you know it's very futuristic but they're reaching back into the past with the future both so yeah yeah yeah. so so that's happening so I've 
tweeted out your website. Thank you. I tweeted out your events page, but Mm -hmm. also just your home page. Is there any other way, and maybe you'd like to tell people who are just listening uh, as they're on the go and won't connect with Twitter how they could find you? Um, Well, the website is the best way. So Deb Chaney, D-E-B-C-H-A-N-E-Y.com. Um, that's the best place to find me online. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for joining us today. It's so my and, pleasure. And we wish we had more time. Oh, but, man. You know, so much more we'll, time. <laughs> it, it will have to be another visit, but it's all good. thank you for being with us. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Luca, do you have anything coming up that you want to tell your uh, tell no, our listeners about? I'm in about? deep planning mode <laughs> at the moment. I will, I will be sharing shortly, but at the moment I'm in deep planning mode. I'm in deep planning mode, too, but uh, in... Um, terms of um, replicating the House of Dreams, getting a second one, yes, doing the same thing, putting mm-hmm. single moms in it, yeah. That sure, more we'll details. Put that to come. out there as an intention. Yes, well, more details to come. And until next time, mm, I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer and Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca.